0: Listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab Podcast. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am here with Gail. Gail, in one line, can you give me your name, your title, Hello. and the name of your fund?
1: Hello, Barb. I'm Gail Wilkinson, managing partner at Vitalize.
0: Thank you so much, Gail. So, what inspired you to become a venture capitalist or uh, an investor?
1: Got a good story because I became a VC on accident back in 2012, I was just leaving business school. And I had just um, finished my second failed startup and was on the market to get a, a job post graduating and met a couple of folks who said, Hey, we want to start this angel investment net, we would love for you to help us figure out how to do that. And so I was lucky and had three months of loan money left. And so I said, hey, if we can figure it out in three months, we are good to go. And I love the idea of starting a business to help others start businesses. So I had never really considered venture capital. But when this opportunity was on the tape, I started looking into it, talked to a bunch of founders, talked to other investors and realized it was something that could be a great fit. And so the rest is history since then.
0: That's awesome. So... What is your investment thesis and the motivation behind your thesis?
1: I really love early stage. So we focus on pre-seed and seed at Vitalize. And then one of the things that I believe is important in early stage venture, especially based on some trends that we're seeing, is to be uh, pretty focused in the approach. And that can be in a number of ways, depending on what's important to the team um, and the interest of the GPs. So with our team, we really love future. We're standing on um, the edge of tons and tons of innovation that's coming and we don't see that stopping ever. Mm -hmm. Now that folks are are getting used to the idea that work is a constantly evolving structure that we're working Mm -hmm. with. And we also, once again, we really love early stage. So our fund is doing seed. And then because we're getting a lot of deals in future of work and learning, And a lot of them are too early for our seed fund. We also created an angel community called Vitalize Angels that will do pre-seed deals also in future of work and learning. And once again, this is just fun stuff. Like the angels join for a number of reasons. One, they can write $1,000 checks into these companies. We have a very inclusive community. We have 70% plus underrepresented check writers. And then the the stuff that we're seeing is really cool. Yeah, it is awesome. And our founders are asking for diversity, Barb. So it's it's definitely on trend.
0: Yes, full disclaimer, Barb is in the (laughs) Violet Angels group as well. So it (laughs) is a very good group and it has some awesome deal flow. I do, we'll talk about that in the last question about evolving, evolving money. Good, good, good. Anything else about your thesis though?
1: Yeah, so so when we think about future of work, I always have, the question after that, how do you define that? And I think the most important thing to to remember right now when it comes to future of work is that we don't really know. And so that means that all investors who are looking at this space have a different definition. Mm-hmm. And when we think about our definition, it's it's a couple of things. One, transforming workflows. So mm-hmm. this is a, a large bucket, which caters to the way that work is being done today, shifting dramatically to be much more efficient and effective. So you can think about, for example, one of our um, portfolio companies is called Olympic, and it's a marketing technology that leverages data to mm-hmm. allow companies to really understand what's going on with their social campaigns and then to, to act on them in ways they haven't been able to before. So it's a transformative shift using transforming how they think through marketing. So those are the types of big opportunities that we really look for in that bucket. The next is the move to the fully distributed workforce. So if you'd have asked me a year ago, I would have said we were going to go to hybrid workforce, but I Absolutely actually think
0: that
1: everyone has so much inertia barb that we are not going back to any kind of hybrid. And so there's going to be tons of choice on, on the side of the employees. And that means that companies have to figure out infrastructure. And we're on early
0: stages. So Gail, just to let you know, something very interesting. I was at the Hyperloop and we were working on this future of work in 2016, 17, early, early pre-pandemic. So I think a book was written about it. So that, that could be interesting for, for you because we had a fully distributed team. So mm-hmm. can you imagine like a 500 person startup completely distributed? <laughs> like That's awesome. We had our yeah. little office. <laughs> and then, so like they were revolutionizing. How did you think about and look at work? Because... If you think about the concept of a hyperloop, it's massive. You could get to LA to San Francisco in seven or 10 minutes. So then what does work look like? What does living look like? What does, you know, what is infrastructure now? What does, uh, you know, where you can be look like? There was a lot of conversations about you as an individual and your mobility as well. Yeah, I love
1: it. You guys were ahead of your time, but I I think all companies are going to have to figure
0: that out. Yes, 100% agree.
1: And then the last two are, I think we're in early innings of the creator passion gig economy.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: we're really interested in the infrastructure required to power that. Interesting stat is that we we posted some stuff on Twitter in terms of here's a gig opportunity that we had. And I literally got 300 direct messages and 500 likes for it. And I said, wow, wow. that's a lot of interest. And so then the next day we posted an opportunity to join or sign up on an air table if you're interested in doing gig work for startups or VCs. And we had 700 people sign up for that. And so I just see, this is an example of people want side hustles. They want to do mm-hmm. a number of things and have autonomy in terms of how their work looks. So we yes. were really interested in that space. And then the last one is new learning models mm-hmm. within corporate micro learning, social learning, Obviously, data and technology enablement from the learning side, companies are trying to figure out how do we keep our employees happy? How do do we meet them where they are to learn in a way that makes sense for them? So I'm very interested in the evolution of that as well.
0: Those are three great things to be looking at and thinking about in the future of work bucket. So what are you learning or listening to or reading these days, Gail?
1: I am all about marketing and community right now. So I think I think early stage firms in the VC world really have to stand out in terms of what 100%. they stand for. We invest in future of work and learning. We care about inclusivity. We care about helping founders. Like these are things that need to be front and center in our brand and our messaging and how we build our community. And so I'm learning about how our other community is structured and how do we staff our team to support our community? How do we how do we think about our individual team members' personal brands, as well as our firm's brand, and then the press that will drive founders being able to find us and other investors knowing what we're doing. So that these are all really important things for us moving forward.
0: I agree. That's a huge thing. Brand, not only your personal brand, but like you said, the brand of the firm and how are you differentiating from you know, everyone else or even these big firms that are coming down now, Andrews oh, and Horowitz, Greylock, and more are going to come down and they have these mega funds. So <laughs> how yeah. are you going to compete with that? Not really compete, maybe compliment that because yeah. you know, they're not going to see everything you see necessarily or some, or that I would see. So exactly. how how is that complimentary? Exactly. All right, Gail, here it is. The famous bonus question. <laughs> everyone gets it. All right. In two years... We'll be talking before then, but when we're talking again in two years, how do you see venture capital or investing having changed or evolved? And I think what you're doing with the Vitalized Angels is a, a piece of it. Yeah. So I,
1: I, I have lots of hypotheses. One... I think that the, the main driver is that this is a hot industry. It is of interest to a lot of people to become angels, to become venture capitalists, to found to start and, and be founders of companies. What that means is that we're going to see, we already are seeing, and we will continue to see lots of new funding sources coming in. Um, I think crowdfunding will evolve in the next two years. I really hope that the SEC reduces some restrictions on it. Because right now, there's a lot of red tape that founders have to jump through. And I would love to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see that go away. Or at least be severely reduced because I'm really passionate about getting non-accredited investors access to good deals. So that's what we're doing at Vitalize Angels. We're vetting a bunch to make sure that they see good deals. And on crowdfunding sites right now, oftentimes you're drawn into who is the best marketer, which doesn't necessarily that's mean what's the best company to invest in. So I'm true. yeah, I'm passionate about figuring out these new solutions in crowdfunding. And then I also think to your point, Barbara, we're going to see a lot of these what we call multi-stage firms where they invest in lots of different mm-hmm. stages of company, they're going to come earlier because Absolutely. they're getting pressure at the top from Tiger Global and other hedge funds, um, which means that there's even more competition at the early stage. And once again, brand becomes extremely important. And then the, the final trend that, that I see now, which is awesome, and I think that will really start to accelerate in the next two years, is diversity and in- inclusivity at the, both the founder level and the investor level. No, I have founders yeah, I that's now. That's huge. Yeah.
0: That's huge.
1: I have founders now saying, hey, I want diversity on my cap table. Can you introduce me to diverse investors? Mm-hmm. Women, people of color, disabled, LGBTQ. I would have white male cis founders asking for this. And so it's that's great good. to see that. And our, our model is helping to reduce barriers to let more people of all types of backgrounds learn how to write checks. I want to see more of those models. We're happy to share what we did. Please copy us. And then how are we going to get more people with diverse backgrounds in VC seats and in VC right. partner seats so right. that we can continue to evolve the VC industry towards more inclusivity and diversity? Mm-hmm. And I, I really hope we see a lot, of, a lot of momentum in the next few years, Barbara.
0: I do as well. The other facet of this, outside of funding, right? because this is why we're in the business as well. We saw a gap. I saw gaps, many gaps. I I saw a technological gap and I saw a funding gap. Mm -hmm. So on the funding gap side, the funding gap is not only about investment, but also the construction of the founding team as well and the board. So as you get more and more diverse people in these positions, there are more diverse board seats. There's more, you can put other people on boards as well because that's another kind of force multiplier if you're a board member and maybe you're getting equity or something and now you can now flip that and become an investor or an angel investor or you can go on multiple boards and have your kind of impact on companies in that way as well. So this, oh, yeah. it's a multi-pronged uh, approach to try and diversify or fill these gaps or these blind spots that people have.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do people contact you, Gail?
1: You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at VC. So that's G-A-L-E-F-O-R-C-E-V-C. And um, you can DM me there. Those are open. We have a link on our website. If you're a founder in Future Worker Learning and you want to get in touch with us, go to our website, which is Vitalize.VC. And you can click on the link there to apply via our Airtable form.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Gail. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Welcome Vitalize VC for being our guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Woo. This episode is brought to you by Trail Adventures find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash to find out more find us on Apple on Spotify and on Google podcasts thank you for listening.